What's going on, everybody? This is James Grandmaster Facts Boyce, and you're here for another episode of the Facts Project. Today, special guest, Dan Price. We are here to talk about Bigfoot Nose Karate, but we are talking about the one shot that is now live on Kickstarter, Enagon. Thank you for being here, sir. Thank you so much for having me, man. I really appreciate you uh, giving us the time, and let's, yeah, I'm stoked. All right. Hey, look, I appreciate it. So when we're talking about, and, and, and if I can, can I go back to... 2021 when this first started when issue one of bigfoot nose karate got out there and the reception that happened pretty much in a matter of i'm going to say a day uh you had talked this up for for a good amount of time and when it finally came to be the intricacy of a pretty much i'm going to say in your own eyes a franchise that you started yourself about a mythological creature who basically studied martial arts and the first couple pages that you see, you see him as, as this protector of such that is just sitting in, in the realms of isolation in the middle of the forest. And the one thing that the first thing that he is protecting is a little bunny. <laughs> so how did we get here? How did we get here? Well, first of all, okay, I'm really excited about this because I can tell you've done your homework already. So I'm like, yeah, let's go. Uh, the, what did we get here? We got here because, I mean, you want it from a story perspective or you want it from a logistics perspective because there was, there's if a couple we can, of If we can, there's reasons. a story behind both. Okay. So, I mean, look, uh, I mean, just for the boilerplate real quick, you know, Bigfoot knows karate. It's like Godzilla versus Kong meets Kill Bill with a twist. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's what we've been saying since the get go. And, um, we really sold the first issue as a, as a, Slugfest. That's what we sold it as. Bigfoot versus Cthulhu or Kung Fu Thulu in the Ultimate Cryptid Showdown. And when you got through the first issue, you realized there was a hell of a lot more going on here right. than we uh, initially had let on. And one of the things, so with uh, with Inagon, one of the things that we're doing there is we're really working out, we're playing with the idea of what a Bigfoot is or how, or at least how long a Bigfoot can exist, you know? Um, and when I say a Bigfoot, I, I say that loosely. He's the Bigfoot. He, he's, right. he's the guy, you know, he's the one. And, you know, um, and so one of the things that I've always been toiling around with and Casey Allen, my co-writer on the main, on the main storyline, as well as the lead writer on Hennigan, uh, you know, brilliant, brilliant writer. Um, the thing about uh, that we've been toiling with is, you know, I'm really into the idea that, you know, our Bigfoot is very introspective character. Okay. You, you, when reading the story, you can tell there's a lot of philosophy that fills his mind. You can tell that he's very high functioning creature, very smart, very, very cunning creature. And uh, the bunny, I mean, uh, getting to your, you know, how do we get here with the bunny from there to where we are now? Um, well, the nice part about it is the bunny comes along for the ride for some of this. He does. So, uh, yeah, he is through the first two issues. You know, we, he is a returning character. And uh, but to prequel this character out so many hundreds of years, you know, into the past. Um, you know, we've only two we're only two issues in. And one thing that I you know, a lot of the comments that I get from people is, you know, I want to know more. I want to know more about this character not just about the story and where we're going, but I want to know more about this character. That's kind of one of those reasons we got to doing the one shot. Okay. okay. People wanted to know more. 
and I can only do so much, okay? Because, I mean, I, I co-write and I draw the, the main storyline. Yep. There was that. Then there was, you know, but we want to make we want to make more comics. So why do we limit it just to this one storyline that we're working on? We can do these one shot comics that give a slice into, you know, the past of this character. Yeah. And so, if you see uh, our comic, uh, our uh, we have the regular edition, we have the deluxe edition comics that we do. The regular editions are, you know, the regular story. The deluxe editions are the story plus an art gallery from, you know. We've received so much wonderful, amazing, beautiful fan art, you know, that mm -hmm. we put uh, art gallery in the back of the uh, in the back of the uh, comics. Um, well, the and then we also do the director's commentary, but that's my point. Uh, the we do the artist um, who is doing the artwork for this book. He started off as somebody who sent us a piece of fan art. And yeah. um, that's how we met. And his name is Adam Caswell. And Adam's an amazing amazing artist and he sent me this beautiful piece of work he mailed it to my home it's hanging right there and it's uh and then we we turned it into uh we turned it into a comic uh, cover for our deluxe edition mm. and this beautiful black and white artwork just absolutely incredible and adam came on and he did the second issue we did the black and white wraparound cover for the deluxe edition again right and we wanted to keep working with adam we had the story to tell Casey, you know, really had this wonderful story to tell. And, um, and with my blessing, I was like, yeah, you know, go for it. You know, I mean, he showed me the pitch or he, you know, he showed me the, the plot line, what it was going to be. You know, I read through the script. I helped him out with the ending. Really. That was the end of, you know, the right, right, right. Casey's baby, you know, I mean, and he really got to, you know, stretch his, stretch his wings and do his thing. And, um, and, you know, getting to work with Adam, who's the first time, art, you know, first time interior artist on a comic, you know, so this is, this is really cool for a lot of different reasons. If you're into the comic book and you just want to, you want to read a one shot story about Bigfoot kicking some ass with, against a big, dra you know, water dragon, yeah. you know, then you get that, you get that. If you're a reader of the series, you're going to get, you're going to get that too. And you're going to get a little bit of extra because there's going to be some things that get laid into it too that readers of the series will will pick up on. But so it's a good for somebody who's just starting up, and it's you know good for somebody who's just already reading the comic. But we get to work with different artists. You know, we get to work with Adam. We get to see this through somebody else's eyes. And you know, I love drawing the main storyline, and I will continue doing that for this you know this first five issues that we were working on. But um, to see this through another person's lens, oh, it's uh, incredible. Yeah, and I'm not so precious that I need to need to have my my fingers on on every pie that we're baking in the bakery that day. You know, right. go have fun with the tour, guys. Let's have a good time. Let's make some comics. Yeah, because I'm know, looking so at it from this this standpoint and how you've been able to create yeah. these two comics, and now with this third installment, it's almost like an expansion of the folklore of Bigfoot itself. Just as just as the mythological character, because if I mean me being somebody that was based in Japan for about a few eight months and I was in Kadena Island, but there is Mount Iba, which is basically over in Japan. And there the the Ibagan or Inagan is basically you're, you're portraying it there is sort of a Bigfoot styled creature based in Japan. So whether it's the Yeti, the Sasquatch, Bigfoot, Inagan, 
you know, it's almost an expansion of the 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 myth of just what Bigfoot is, whether it, however it's been seen in different cultures. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because you get what we're going for here. You know what I mean? It's yeah, it's. That's often, you know, um, there was somebody in the first issue that after the, they read the first issue, they said to, they said they noticed something in the writing. They said uh, that we referred to at the end, they referred to it because, uh, you know, he fights Cthulhu in the first yeah. issue. OK, yeah. And we referred to it as a Cthulhu in the end of the book. Meaning, you know, well, are there going to be more Cthulhu's popping up in the comic? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then they said to me, you know, afterwards, does that also mean there's more big, more than one Bigfoot? And I just kind of smiled. And I'm like, you know, I you can think what you want about the Cthulhu thing. But I'll tell you right now, this is our guy. Mm -hmm. This is our Bigfoot, you know. And I just think there's so many different and uh, there's so many different stories that have been told from different cultures over the years, over the decades you know hundreds of years whatever you know what i mean that have been told about this creature mm -hmm. why is it not all the same creature right yeah i mean so you got where i'm going with this so i love that definitely and and even in that sense i mean we're talking about something that's more so uh polarized and popular in american folklore bigfoot you know and even in that sense the villains that you've chosen over the past three issues, including this one, uh, that have been more so the antagonist in the story, whether it's been Kung Fu Thulu, uh, whether it's been a Chupacabra with a 12 gauge, whether it's been a Kaiju with missiles, like you've chosen these more mythological creatures, which are more so like just this euphoric type uh, of, of a style of creatures that are basically put out there. And you're also analyzing that through Bigfoot's lens. So it's almost like there's a subspecies of mythological preachers, creatures that just do battle consistently through these three issues. Yes. Uh, in, in the short, yes. I mean, um, you know, well, so like the thing about that we got to find out about the chupacabra and the miss the kaiju with the missiles growing out of his back mm -hmm. uh thermo thermonucleidon uh the thing that we got to learn about them was um you know nobody ever asked me this stuff so i'm really happy right now uh the um that there's actually there's we it was set up like it was supposed to be a battle between the two of them uh right. between the yeah okay um and what was what was really cool about it was is the conversation that they had. It was almost, you know, I was really nervous when we did this scene um, because I think people were going to expect a big battle between the Chupacabra and the and the Thermonucleidon. And what it really was was a transfer of information more than anything else, you know. And we got to see, instead of having this big battle, we got to see two friends, basically one saving the other and, one, and, and saying goodbye. Right. These characters that we just met. Mm -hmm. Okay. And people already had had an expectation of what they were going to get from that. And it was a big, it was a big, you know, big twist. Um, you know, and but it wasn't like a twist for the sake of twisting. It was uh we needed to get a piece of information out there. We and we wanted to show we wanted to show that there was a history in the three pages we had to be able to play with them. We wanted to show that there was more there than two monsters just going at it. Like in the first issue where you had Bigfoot versus Cthulhu. Right. We wanted it to be, we needed there to be a little bit more of a personal touch. And the nice part is 
we get to we saw that the chupacabra lived and mm. so uh, i can't wait can't wait until you get to hear that side of the story Got so you. um you know i mean we're really trying you know i, I love uh i love the show lost not really the ending so much okay. but i love the way but i love the way that they weave story together and i think that's what we're trying to attain uh you know but I promise you we're gonna have a better better ending is square right. um the uh you know but it's uh you know i love the way they they weave stories together and that's something we're trying to attempt with what we're doing here with bigfoot that's for sure okay and so with, literally with this one shot you go almost not only not only just carrying on the legacy of bigfoot but then again when you're choosing a historical perspective like feudal japan and utilizing the Enagon as a tool of war between a greater foe. Like, how is this constructed? Like, how was this put together to where it's almost retconned to the point where we're like, we're going back in time a little bit to let you know that, mm -hmm. like, Bigfoot has been a part of, like, a lot of historical battles that have happened throughout time. And we may not have seen it because he may it may have been an exaggeration of somebody speaking. There was their most powerful warrior stepped onto the forefront and he was their biggest opposition. And it just happened to be a Enagon walking amongst them. You got this, man. I mean, seriously, you see what we're trying to do here very much. So yeah, it's um, how did we, how did we come up with the idea to do this? Like why, you said, how was it constructed? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there were certain things that we see in the story of the character. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try and say this as best I can without doing any spoilers for the larger story. Right. Okay. So bear with me on that. Um, I, we just really, okay. So in, in your early Bigfoot, uh, in the early Bigfoot um, research that I started doing and this whole thing got going, uh, I watched a lot of documentaries and the thing that I did not understand was that uh, the thing that I couldn't get over was that nobody had actually really seen a Bigfoot, you know I mean? Like that was the one thing that kind of made me laugh. Right. There's no, no real verifiable proof. You see photos and you see some video and things like that, but you know, it's usually, I mean, I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm call me a skeptic. Okay. But just, you know, Hey, yeah. um, so with that being said though, there were certain story bits and pieces you know that just seemed really interesting here and there like the concept of astral projection um we that's something that we we play around with in the first couple of books mm -hmm. uh you notice that when he goes into this realm called the unreal um you know there was the story of all these different uh all these different similar creatures running around whether it's the you know Hennigan, Enigon, the Alabama white thing. That's a real thing. It's a creature just like a Bigfoot, you know, <laughs> but, it, you know, but it lives out in that part of, you know, all over the place. There's uh, the, you know, Yeti, Sasquatch, whatever. So how do I say this without saying it? You know what I mean? Um, it, it, the guy's been around a hell of a long time. Right. I mean, I, yeah, he's just been around a hell of a long time. and It was, to stay, uh, you got me painted into a corner here because I don't want to answer. Um, sorry, I'm no spoilers. Lobby yeah. of editing. Yeah, thank you. So, um, 
if you were around so long, yeah. Okay, well, they say that it takes you ten thousand hours to master something. Yeah. Okay, if you put ten hours, ten thousand hours to master something, uh, you would become as great as great can be. Yep. What if you put that kind of amount of years into something? How great would you be at it? And what could you attain beyond that? Right. Okay. What could you what could you create in that amount of time? Not just master, but create. Uh, you know, our Bigfoots lived a long time. And it's uh we get to he's responsible for so much more than I think that we can I would normally actually ever talk about in a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and he's got so much going. The the characters that he's met in the first couple of issues uh you know they're out you know they're not there's a lot of history there mm-hmm. and there's a lot of history into the in into the world that they live in i mean god i just want to i want to talk about this so freely but i can't so i'm gonna i'm gonna pause here no worries no worries i mean even outside of that we talked about big flip bigfoot a lot uh what would you say because of um because of the task that you had in creating uh, three of these books. What would you say is your relationship with martial arts? Why do you love it so much? Um, so I took judo as, as a young person and through high school and that sort of okay. thing. But you know, it's not my love for it. It's it's not about my love for the martial arts or my love for Bigfoot. I think really, I was always told as a writer you had to write what you know. Yeah. Okay. That gets to be, you know, that's that's fantastic. But eventually you got to learn and write what you don't know at the same time. So that's where, you know, I don't know anything about Bigfoot. My martial arts knowledge is not amazing, you know. So what do you do? You gather the troops together and you go talk to people who know what they're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, do the research. Okay. I'm really lucky. I've been, I've been. I've met several people who do martial arts and have said to me, Hey, listen, if you ever have any questions, come to me, I'll be happy to give you the answers that you need, or I can help you with fights and things like that. So I've got some people that I can lean on for that, but no, to say I have some pure love for martial arts or I have some pure love for Bigfoot. That's not what it is. I'm not even going to even pretend, you know, I'm, I'm a lighter trying to push myself out of my, out of my level of comfort you mm-hmm. know, and trying to bring something different to the table. And that's the, you know, that's the best way I can put it. Um, but I do love, I do love making, you know, comics that'll definitely make somebody think about a little bit along the way. Um, my original stuff that I used to do were comedies. That's my background is in comedy one shot and comedy comics. Wow. And so to do big footnotes karate, um, I wanted to do something bigger, bigger in scope you know, action-packed psychological thriller, action-adventure, you know, all the, you know, that has the cool tropes of, you know, because I, I do love martial arts films, okay, yeah. that has the, you know, I, I do love that type of thing, and, um, but I wanted to have that kind of vibe, but it's a, it's a, it's a cryptid who's doing martial arts, you know, and now there's a few cryptids that do martial arts, I've noticed, uh, so um, in the co- indie comic world, so rock on, maybe we'll mm-hmm. have a big Maybe we'll have some big melee comic one day between all of them or something like that. So, um, yeah, that's me, man. That's 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 how it kind of works. Yeah, even in the even in the sense of just like it, when you when you, without even reading the summary, when you first see the title as Bigfoot knows karate, 
you almost think of it as a parody. Like it is going to be a comedy. Right. You almost think of yes. it like almost in the sense of like you're about to like read something that's kind of like close and homage to like the Toxic Avenger or something like that. Like it's almost like this this character that's just like totally obscure, but you've made it a lot more serious than what it's been. Like you, there is suspense in it. There's like this there's this grittiness to it. Like the fact that there is a underlying what you, what you talk about that he's uh he's cryptic, he's focused, and that they basically the amount of zen that he has um in formulating his strategies, whether it is to escape from a myriad of 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 creatures that have uh, basically are torturing him and uh, kidnapped him for a little bit of time being, it just like almost it makes it that much of a tale to where it almost makes you forget that you're reading a Bigfoot story. Yes. Yes. Uh, I was talking to somebody recently who made that same claim. They were like, you know, or made that same statement. They were like, you know, uh, it's, you could have just had a samurai or something like that do this, right. you know? And I'm like, yeah. Um, but what we don't get, if we just do that, we don't get to go to feudal Japan. It's you true. know, we don't get to, we don't get to do a lot of really, you've read the second issue so you you know that there's a lot of monsters running around it yeah you know that it, it, it's it's so much more than just like how did a bigfoot learn martial arts you know what i mean or you know what monsters are you going to go up against next if you can see where we're, you know you can kind of tell where we're setting up right now i think yeah you know and being able to go into the back into the backstory only kind of helps uh fortify what we're trying to do in the foreground and the, and the main storyline yeah it's um yeah, it's um, it's so unbelievably cool. But you know, I mean, I, now I'm just geeking out on my own shit. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> ridiculous. But it, it, it's such a cool. What I was saying, what I mean by that is, it, it's so cool to be able to play in the sandbox of all these cryptids and all this lore, you know, and all this history that we're mm -hmm. gonna get to touch on a bit here and a touch on a bit there, and bring it all together. You know what I mean, and do some pretty pretty neat stuff in terms of uh, you know some really really cool storytelling. I, I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about which way we're going with it for sure. Yeah, and and we're only like in the beginning of the series. It you described as I be if I remember five issues correct. So like we're not even five in issues. the story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. The book I'm currently working on right now, Hellhound on My Trail. That's the book that uh, that's chapter three. And um, so we were working on, I'm, you know, we're, that's in the scripting stage right now. Uh, and I'm already starting to do my concepts, artwork and that sort of thing for it. So really excited about it. Um, yeah, Casey and I got something really cool lined up for you on this one. But, um, you know, and that's not taken away from the one shot, you know, I mean, uh, but I was really cool. Like you get to let other people yeah. play and you have fun with the characters in this book over there. And I got to, breathe for a little bit thank you guys i appreciate y'all um i got to breathe for a little bit on that one uh you know and so now we can get in and let's start working on this next book and you know hopefully if this this uh the one shot that we do here goes well then we can do more of them that's what uh, i'm going to ask we, yeah yeah we've got some we got some stories lined up i mean you know i really have you know this love for an idea of a uh, horror story that takes place in the bigfoot world you know and that we can really have a great time with and we've got um ideas for taking the story and flipping it on its ear midway through I, I can't even get into all that but it's like mm -hmm. we've got some stories lined up 
that we want to de- be able to do. But, um, you know, as long as they make sense to what's going on in the main arc, you know, number one, you know, because we do are trying to actually, you know, have some continuity to all of this. But uh, and two, it gives us the opportunity to work with some different creators, so there's some different right. artists, you know, and you know, and bring a different vibe to the book, you know. I mean, and and vibe, mood, you know, all of that is so important to the first to the first two issues, you know. I mean, I I, I love I love to color, I love to bring that to, you know, that's I can draw, you know, kind of uh, the uh, but I love but I love what I can do with some color, you know, and really put, you know, bring the mood and the and the vibe for the story. Um, Adam Caswell, who's doing the doing the one shot artwork, he is he's an incredible artist. Black and white is where he's at. You know, that's right. that's where his his that's his that's his vibe. That's that's where he, you know, and why do you mess with a beautiful thing? You know, I yeah. mean, we color on him for the cover. And Luis killed it on that cover on the color on the color work for that. But yeah, let these pages just shine in all their glory in black and white because that's where they're they're gonna be at their best. Yeah, I wanted I to ask about that. Of... Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. I, no, I wanted to ask about that because basically how how one or two are more so construction traditional wise. And then you go into a one shot that you have with Enagon, and then you have this intricate black and white style that that you said Adam put together. And and it's cool because the contrast, of course, is different. You know, you're looking at a different story. It's totally away from the current timeline that I have to make this totally, totally separate, although the same of what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has to be cohesive. There has to be uh, there has to be things that just kind of tie it all together, you know, mm-hmm. and so they'll tell on the story you know while casey is very much you know the lead right writer on this book i mean he and he's done a hell of a job on it there's there's things that in the writing that will tie it together in terms of the tone and things like that Mm -hmm. you know number one number two um we've met a lot of characters in that second issue of the book you know will some of those characters um yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna go there. I'm not yeah. even gonna finish my sentence, you know. But uh, you know, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of strands in the noggin. There's a lot of action happening, you know, in the story. There's a lot of a lot of different moving right. moving pieces and parts. And so uh, it'll be really neat to see if any of those relationships from the, you know the first two issues might be in play in the second one. So, um, yeah, or not in the second one in the uh, in the one shot. So yeah. Now, I, I, I was curious um, as how when Casey was putting this together, because this is a more of a it's more of a time jump backwards into mm-hmm. Bigfoot's Bigfoot's life. And it's like, is this like almost a point in turn where he's seen more of as an ally to humanity and more so in terms like when we're looking at the current timeline where he's so much isolated, like he really doesn't mess with with mess with humans because of how they are, how they coexist. And it's almost like in this story, am I going to see him as an ally to humanity? You're going to see him and you're going to see him uh, interacting with humanity. Okay. Yeah. That's how, what you're going to see. That's probably the best way I can put that. Got you. Yeah. Cause I figured in yeah. some way, you know, at you know, maybe in some odd perspective, you know, he had to be aligned with these folks, especially in feudal Japan, because it's a very small place, regardless of how it is. So I'm figuring if he's out in the open that much, 
He's a helper. He's a protector. Uh, where we see him in in Bigfoot knows karate. He's, you know, he's 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 an isolated man, defender of the forest. But mm-hmm. you know, but the thing is, in in this storyline, you know, he could be so much more. Exactly. Yes. And you know, again, a lot of lot of years, a lot of rich history, a lot of different. You know, what a book that I really dug. That uh, I don't think. Uh, you remember a book in the nineties? It was called Profit. Yeah, it, looks, it sounds familiar. Okay, it was an image book. Okay, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I liked about him that they talked about it and they played with it briefly. They then he was supposed to have this long, rich history that went a long ways, and that, uh, and that he didn't, um, you know, I mean that, I mean, just a lot of years. It was kind of like initially set up like a Captain America situation where you know he was a super soldier, but then you found out in his ongoing series that it'd been used for thousands of years, you know, into space and time and all this stuff like that. Mm. So that was really cool, but they didn't really play it right. You know what I mean? Now I'm not going into space and time and all that stuff like that, but you know, uh, you know, and all that, but there's a lot, you know, it kind of goes back to that, you know, there's so many different, there's so many different occupations or situations yeah, or, you know, that we can put him events that we can put him into and that and you know if he is the world's greatest hide and seek champion as the t-shirts claim then you know why could he not be there for certain things in certain moments and be a part of certain situations right that were integral in our time you know in our history why could we not do that i just think yeah so generally a lot of people have uh of their creative partners how yeah. how has this uh, relationship been with Casey putting these these stories together? Dude, uh, okay, so I met Casey. A little history, real quick. I met Casey in the Comic Jam, and it's an online comics workshop for uh, for creators. Um, I just want to shout them out: the Comic Jam Comic Jam Really grateful for that group because a they got me back into it. they got my co-wet when I was trying to get back into doing comics after a several year break. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really grateful for them for that. And Casey is one of the people who runs the jam. And we took shine to each other from the first time we worked together on a project and uh, just became quick friends. He lives out in Birmingham, Alabama. I live in Austin, Texas. We've known each other five years. We've never met. Mm-hmm. But I we talk to each other four times a week, probably. And um, He's, you know, he's a hell of a guy. And how is it working with him? I think I, it's the, it's really just, it's kind of a charm situation because yeah. we both, we, we, we dig on what each other is saying so well, you know, and neither one of us is precious enough about the, uh, about the work that we're not willing, that we're going to get angry about something that the other one said, or, you know, wants to deal with the book. We're able to talk things out. Right. And, you know, even when it's, you know, even when I wanted to put, uh, man-eating symbiotic Venus flytraps all over the uh, the uh, the um, the Minotaur in book two when he was like, "No, you're not doing that." Right. Uh, I really wanted to, man. I wanted man-eating symbiotic Venus flytraps hanging off his body, and he's like, "That's just crazy." Um, or when he wanted to make the uh, the Cthulhu uh, have a hard time breathing, so it was in the written word. It said "hurt" every time he couldn't breathe. You know. 
that's the kind of shit that we do. You know, that's the kind right. of stuff that we we spend more time talking about. We spent more time talking about those two incidences than we ever have about anything real. You know, uh, come on, let's do the Venus flytraps. No, you know, I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? That this, right. that that's the if this is the worst that we have to deal with when it comes to writing a story with each other, I think we're doing pretty damn good. You know, um, I he's he came on originally to be the editor. He uh, quickly you know i was given an offer to just co-write because he's he's that good and i think he was apprehensive at first on doing that you know because i mean who wants to co-write something with somebody who you know who's already got it all laid out already and but once he saw the mess i was i put myself in he he came he came with a shovel let's go boys you know and uh help dig me out of uh dig me out of a mess uh so he's integral he's incredible I really, I really am just really appreciative of having it for having him on the, on the team for sure. Nice. I don't think this book would be what it is. Yeah. Now being how the book came out in 2021, did the, did the relationship start to grow roots like around the pandemic where everybody was basically online? No, I mean, we met in 2018. Mm, okay. But we, we met, we met online in 2018, but it would took a, it took a minute for us to really start talking, I guess. So I started, I was drawing, maybe we met a little bit before that, because I was drawing Bigfoot Nose Karate on Instagram 2017, 2018. Okay. He was starting to give me, you know, trying you know, to, you know, egg me on to, you know, what are you going to do with the bear? What are you going to do with this story? Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, poking the bear. Thank you. I'm the bear. It's uh, just like, uh, you know, what are you going to do something with this concept? You got the school sketch, you know, you're doing the school sketches. You obviously got a character here, uh, you know. What are you going to do with it? And so, um, yeah. So, I mean, we've known each other for a while, but during the pandemic, yeah, I guess that's probably when we really started speaking a, a whole lot more. You know, this project is, you know, while I've had it kind of, it was originally supposed to be a comedy, part of the original universe that I wrote in for, you know, a long time. Yeah. And then shelved back and then brought it, you know, brought it back out in like 2017, 2018 and started doing character designs. But it wasn't until like 2020 when it really, you know, it was on Instagram and I was doing the sketches, but it wasn't until like 2020 when I was like, all right, I'm mean, let's make a comic book. It's time. Uh, my wife had said to me, you know, you need to go ahead and, you know, not you need to. Why don't you make a comic? You know, we're in, we're in lockdown. You're bored. You know, why don't you do something? Right. So I instead of going, yeah. So why don't instead of, you know, I mean, because literally I was, we're all living in the house. You know, my daughter yeah. moved back in with us. You know, I, I I worked from home anyway, but everybody was working from home. You know, I mean, it was like ever, I'd come into to my office and the, and the people would be walking by. I'm like, where did all couple who comes from? Like, y'all are in my office. You know, you're supposed to be gone here from nine to five, you know. Right, right, but we right. were, yeah. So, um, but it, you know, it, this book is, yeah, this book, like so many other indie comics, is kind of burnt out of the pandemic, you know. Uh, and there's a lot of them. There is a lot of people who found their creativity during the, during the lockdown. And, uh, you know, there's some books that, you know, they did their first issue and it fizzled out. That's cool. I mean, you know, you got, you got it out of your system. I get that. My first book that I did back in 2007 was one of those, I just need to get this out of my system comics. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? You know, it's for 2023 and we're sitting there talking about, you know, the new Bigfoot and karate books. So it's, right. uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it's it, it's making comics, man. It's it's too much fun for my own good. It's true, so, uh, but yeah. it, 
I, you alluded to something, basically the, the universe that you built, um, even with just the publishing imprint, lesser known comics, like what, it, what is basically, what have you built from this on, whether it's including oh. Bigfoot Nose Karate and what has basically surrounded it? Oh, okay. So when I met my universe, I met from my previous books that I worked on okay. years ago. Okay. So lesser known comics is the, is the company that my publisher currently, uh, for Bigfoot Nose Karate. And Lesser Known Comics is an amazing, amazing group. Uh, it's created by a guy named, or started by a guy named Mark Bernal. Uh, he just fosters people's love for creating comics. I mean, that's just the best way to describe it. He's, if you get a chance to ever go to lesserknowncomics.com and take a look at some of the just uniquely different titles i mean and that's what i love about it is that there's not going to be some shared lesser known universe crossover book it could never happen you've got mm -hmm. books like Tank mcgregor where he's like a he's like a intergalactic bounty hunter you know uh you know looking for uh you know i I'm, it's a comedy it's hilarious and then he, he's you know then there's like yuriko which is a korean vampire story and uh you know um yeah a beautiful black and white comic absolutely gorgeous Done by a guy named Davi Luhan. It's just amazing. Uh, there is, um, I mean, there's just so many cool books. It's a horror show. Uh, I, you know, there's one coming out now called uh, Adelis. That's mm -hmm. uh, done by a guy named Brandon DeBillis. Looks so cool. I mean, there's just, they got, there's so many books from uh, Lesser Known. And it's like, and it's just like Mark's baby, just like to encourage creators to make you know really amazing comic books and uh i'm really proud to be a part of it i know i can speak for casey on that one too i mean we're just really really happy to be there because you know we've got this great organization of people who are just are rooting each other on and giving each other advice and just being helpful at the same time everybody backs off and lets each other do their project and it's it's just for an independent creator to be a affiliated with some something um at this level in the industry right you know i'm could not be more proud to be with lesser known because they really do take care of people you know at the you know small press in through indie whatever you want to call it that level they really help foster you and you know bring you along and i mean i i'm just i'm just glad to be a part of it um now as far as the previous universe that i was talking about now, I used to do comedy books. You know, right. it was like I did a book called, called Latex Avenger, and he had a psychic named Spermicidal Foam Lad, and together they repelled crime 99.9% .9 of the time. And I did a book called Masters of the Obvious. They had characters like Dr. Byclos. He had two eyes and the visible woman. You can't miss her. And, you know, and, you know, it was just ridiculous, ridiculous humor. And Bigfoot Knows Karate was supposed to be in that universe. That was originally right. supposed to be set in that world. And it was going to be this just look the other ideas were stupid but this is even worse you know what i mean the what the the uh the bigfoot story was just not good so mm. i shelved it i put it away came back to it years later and turned into this very sad introspective you know bigfoot who you know wielded swords and just was you know and and pirate swords to boot which was you know which i can't wait to get into that story one day right so um oh yeah <laughs> yeah okay i can't wait for that yeah because there's like i said there's so much we history there is a lot play with here yeah. yeah um yeah so uh i got that question recently from somebody not recently it was a while ago but uh, it doesn't make me laugh 
why does he fight? Why does he have a pirate sword? I'll get there. I promise you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, Cause yeah. So anyway, go ahead. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it's, it's good to have publishers that you, that you trust, especially to have like just a great working relationship. And the fact that you've had the, the ability to do three stories through this imprint and it's been extremely comfortable is, is, is definitely music to my ears and probably a lot of other indie creators out there. Cause I know that some of them go through hell with a lot of other publishers out there. So that, that's, that's actually a good thing. Yeah. For sure. You know, I mean, yeah, I would not be with lesser known unless they're, you know, I mean, look, trust is a hard word to throw out there. Right. Yeah. But, um, you know, I trust what they're doing. You know what I mean? I trust what they're doing. I, I believe in the mission. I think that's a, that's a big part of it, you know, because we got uh, we got uh, creators, you know, from, you know, just getting started to have been doing this a while to have been going for a long time, you know, and everybody's there to help each other out. And I really, you know, there's some people in there who are Kickstarter gurus, you know, there's some people who know how to set up a show and know how to, you know, and really sell it at a convention, you know. So you can pick and you can pick everybody's brains and, you know, and, and, and Mark just lets us, you know, uh, come up with ideas, run with it. And it's like, there's this one guy there. He's like, he's a kid. I mean, he's like in his he's a college kid, you know, mm-hmm. and he's kind of so much amazing fire, you know, inside of him. And he's just coming up with ideas left and right and executing them. You know, that's the thing. That's the thing. There's so many people who have got great ideas, but can you execute? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that's the difference between the people say they're going to make a comic and the people who make a comic. You know, well, this kid, I'm watching him just tear it up. He comes from the Zine background. And, you know, and he's just tearing it up, doing, you know, getting involved in this project and that project and helping, helping people out and elevating, you know, elevating the company, working on the, you know, the website and all these different things. You know, I don't know all mm-hmm. the stuff you're doing, but he's doing a shit ton of stuff. So Max, you awesome, awesome person. Thank you for all you do. Seriously, his name's his name's Max, and he's incredible. But you know, I mean, that's what I love. I love watching people who just who throw themselves into this, you know, and you yeah. know, and, and lesser known really fosters that. Really, you know, uh, allows him to go go be amazing. Like he lets everybody, you know, Mark lets everybody else go go be amazing, you know, and sure, go make man. comics. Yeah, well, yeah. So, they- yeah, yeah, I can I can imagine. I mean, just having just having a lot of heart behind a lot of people in the company just makes everything a lot more easier. Absolutely. Like I've done work with other publishers and stuff like that. And uh, you know, um, no, I wouldn't be here if this wasn't a good if this wasn't comfortable fit. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I understand completely. Yeah. But Dan, yeah. Th- th- this this was amazing, man. Thank you. I, pre- I appreciate your time, man. Um, now, how many how many more weeks do we have of the uh, campaign? Oh man, it's uh, um, we're twenty four days left, so uh, we got three, like, weeks. three weeks, just a little over three weeks right now. Nice. So uh, already funded, so congratulations. So uh, Thank you so much, I appreciate you, sir. Appreciate that, man. So like, uh, I, I definitely see uh, where this is going. I like the expansion of it. Hope to see a lot more with issues three, four, and five in, in the continuance of this series, yeah. and hope to see a lot more, more continued success for for Bigfoot Nose Karate in the future. So thank you again. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time tonight. Absolutely, man. So from James Grandmaster Facts Boyce, Dan Price. 
Bigfoot knows karate. Three weeks left, 24 days to be exact on Kickstarter right now. Go out there and get that. So for everybody with the Facts Project, we are out.